Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Roomy Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Our top story, Mr. Liam Stack, Ruinland Technical Manager, Dairy Gold Co-op Agribusiness, outlines the importance of soil health and also correct fertilizer application in coming weeks. Also, ICSA, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association hold national meeting. IFA sheep protest outside Department of Agriculture in Dublin. But first, ploughing. Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Well, Caroline, you've an update now on ploughing matters in Cork West. Yes, I do, John, and thank you. Last Sunday, the 19th of February, Tim and League held their annual ploughing match on the lands of Colin and Zabit Bateman, Bar Reese Hall. The results are as follows. Senior conventional, first, Kieran Coakley, 108 marks. Second, Jerk Kirby, 105 marks. Third, John Murphy, 104 marks. Fourth, Jim Grace, 100 marks. And fifth, John P. O'Donovan, 92 marks. The 28th, first, Nile O'Driscoll, 92 marks. Second, Aidan O'Donovan, 90 marks. Under 21, first, Noel Nine, 93 marks. Second, Jeff Witcherly, 92 marks. The ladies, first, Katie Hayes, 103 marks. Second, Stacey O'Sullivan, 101 marks. The intermediate, first, John A. O'Donovan, 100 marks. Second, Stanley Dean, 98 marks. Third, Jimmy Nine, 91 marks. Fourth, David Walsh, 88 marks. And fifth, Jackie O'Driscoll, 83 marks. In the mocker, first, James Jennings, 112 marks. Second, Keen Harrington, 96 marks. The three furrow, first, Matthew Coakley, 102 marks. Second, Kevin O'Driscoll, 99 marks. Third, Cyril Maguire, 78 marks. The senior reversible, First, Jer Coakley, 123 marks. Second, Liam O'Driscoll, 116 marks. And third, Michael Witcherly, 114 marks. And in the under-28 reversible, there was one competitor, Conor O'Farrell, and he received 106 marks. Also in the 3 for reversible, we had Patrick Buckley, and he got 87 marks. The open hydraulic vintage, first, Thomas Busang, 102 marks. Second, Phelan Cotter, 101 marks. Third, Moss Fleming, 92 marks. Fourth, Jer Collins, 91 marks. Fifth, Leslie Wolfe, 90 marks. And sixth, Mike Kumi, 83 marks. The confined hydraulic. First, Vincent Bennett, 92 marks. Second, Sean McCarthy, 79 marks. Third, Padre O'Donovan, 73 marks. There's one competitor in the trailer, John Wolfe. And he received 100 marks. And also in the single furrow, there was one competitor, Gordon Jennings, with 97 marks. Now, the last match of the 22-23 season is to be held uh, next Sunday, uh, the 26th of February. This will be the Cork West County final. And the, that will go ahead, weather permitting. Now, this match is to be hosted by McCroom Ploughing Association. We're also celebrating their fifth years since the foundation of their club. Um, it's hoping that Anna Mae McHugh will attend on the day. Uh, ploughing will commence at 11am sharp on the lands of Angela Leonard, Tirge, McCoom, and the air code is P12KV00. 
entries were to be with Rosemary on 087-2827-092 or Daniel 087-6523382 by 5pm yesterday evening. That is Friday. Results will be renounced in Cool Car House and McCroom P112E1135 at 9pm tomorrow night with entertainment to follow. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed. Ms. Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Plowing Association. Thank you, Caroline. Okay, Dan, thanks. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr. Richard Henschen, Treasurer, McCroom Plowing Association. First of all, Richard, welcome to the programme. Now, a very important event taking place fairly soon. Would you please remind our listeners about all the celebrations and indeed what this big occasion is? Thank you, John, and good morning to your uh, listeners, uh, this weekend is a very special weekend uh, for McCroom Plowing Association. Uh, we are hosting our uh, 50th anniversary plowing match. It's taking place on this Sunday uh, on the lands of Angela Leonard TRK, which is situated uh, just off the um, Tomes Bridge uh, village, which is en route to Gugandara in Chigila and Bellingeri, just outside McCroom. Uh, it's our annual plowing match, but also we are fortunate as well. Uh, we are plowing at a later date because we are hosting the Cork West uh, County Plowing Championship as well. So it's a very special weekend uh, for our millennium, our 15th anniversary, and also to be uh, honoured with hosting the County Plowing uh, Championship on this excellent free draining site, which we have ploughed on a few occasions and. Uh, the feedback from our plowmen is it's an excellent lay site and it will afford uh, plowmen in the various classes uh, a challenge uh, to win at McCroom on this very special year for McCroom Plowing Association. Uh, the plowing match will come in at uh, 11 o'clock and it will run up to about 3 or 3.30. Obviously, uh, the judges will judge the plots, so we will then announce the results when the marks are corrected and added up. Uh, and verified, we will be announcing the results in Cool Cower House Hotel, uh, which is our uh, meeting venue down through the years. Uh, and the meals for the plowmen will also be given out at Cool Cower House Hotel. But later on in the evening, circa about 8.30, uh, the uh, results will be announced. And there is a, a social function after, and there is a picture um, collection organised by our PRO, uh, Brida Kelleher, of various plowing matches down through the year. So there'll be uh, an ideal opportunity for plowing people uh, from all over the county to come to McCroom and celebrate this special event with us. So it's a free event. It's on in Cool Cower House Hotel uh, later on uh, that night. Uh, Mrs. Lenny McHugh, uh, the Managing Director of the MPA nationally, uh, is decide, have decided to attend this uh, auspicious occasion. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Richard Henschen, Treasurer McCroom Ploughing Association. Thank you, Richard. Good morning, John, and thank you. Details of a forthcoming Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association action in Dublin on Tuesday, 28th of February, from 12 noon to 3 pm at Kildare Street in central Dublin, outside the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. The representatives of ICSA intend to submit their proposals to Doyle Aaron, 
ICSA will be asking for people from all parts of Ireland, particularly from Cork, to travel to the capital to show their support. That's ICSA Sheep Farmers Association meeting on Tuesday, 28th of February, 12 noon to 3pm in Kildare Street in Dublin to submit proposals to Dáil Éireann. People are urged to travel to support this action. The IFA Sheep Committee have brought their campaign for support to the Department of Agriculture. IFA National Sheep Committee brought the campaign for stronger supports for the sheep sector to the Department of Agriculture on Tuesday, 21st of February, 2023. IFA National Sheep Committee Chairman, Mr Kevin Comiskey, submitted a letter to the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, highlighting the deepening income crisis on sheep farms and setting out the urgent need for immediate direct supports. This was requested by the chair of the Food Vision Group last Friday. Following a request from Mr McConnellug, the chair of the Food Vision Beef and Sheep Group convened a meeting of the group focused on the sheep sector last Friday. The purpose of the meeting was to discuss the market situation in the sheep sector with presentations from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Board Beer and Chagask on current supports and activities to inform stakeholder discussions on what more can be done to support the sector in the current circumstances. An IFA statement says, as outlined at the meeting, the sector is currently in crisis with sheep farmers' margins effectively wiped out, dropping a massive 81% to just €7 Euro per year in 2022, and based on the presentations from both Chagask and Borbia, limited opportunity for any significant increase in 2023. Part of a long statement from the IFA following their National Sheep Committee protest outside the department and handing in a letter back on Tuesday, 21st of February, 2023. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr Liam Stack, Ruminant Technical Manager, Dairy Gold Co-op Agribusiness. First of all, Liam, welcome to the programme. You've kindly accepted our invitation to talk to the programme listeners about soil health and some current fertiliser advice. First of all, Liam, very important, what actually is soil health? What's soil health? Hello, John, um, and thanks very much for having me on the show, and hello to all the listeners. And I suppose up until recently, soil health has been, has been measured by the pH, the, the P and the K indexes of soil. Um, but this is only measuring one aspect of soil health, the chemical health of soil. And we now understand that overall, soil health depends on the interaction and the status of three fundamental characteristics of the soil. The soil chemistry, which is, as we stated, was organic matter levels, soil pH, P and K indexes, but also the soil physical characteristics, such as soil structure and root mass, and the biology contained within the soil which is the microbiology, the fungi, the bacteria, and the animal life like earthworms and beetles that live within the soil. And all these three pillars are interlinked and all are of equal importance when we're looking at and measuring overall soil health. Very important indeed. Now, why is soil health so important to Irish farmers? Well, John, it's important for a number of reasons. And as a farming community, we have a requirement to lower our fertiliser use by 20%. And we know if we do this without growing the same amount of grass, that profits in our farms are going to drop by somewhere between 10 and 15%, depending on whether we're dairy, beef or sheep farmers. So it's very important that we figure out how we can grow the same amount of grass while using less fertilisers. And that's one of the big questions facing the industry, in my opinion. And I think there are a number of management practices that we can adopt to help us achieve this. We can make the best use of slurries, 
that we have on our farm. So things like less slurry application. And so spring um, trailing shoe slurry versus summer splash stage slurry gives you a 300% increase in the available nitrogen content of your slurry. We can use multi-species swards or white clovers um, swards to use less nitrogen while growing the same amount of grass and producing more milk solids. We can use red clover silages, which need very low or, li or zero nitrogen input and give you high volumes of grass and high protein content within your grass. We can use slurry additives to increase um, our nitrogen yield. And I think finally, we can look at our overall soil health and not just the chemical health of our soils. And as we improve our overall soil health, we will release more of nitrogen, phosphorus and sulfur that's locked within our soils. And we will improve the utilization of nutrients we apply within our chemical fertilizers. And this should allow us to grow the same amount of grass with lower purchased, expensive chemical nitrogen, improving our farm financial and environmental sustainability. Some very important information there. Uh, speaking to Mr. Liam Stack, ruminant, technical manager, Dairy Gold Co-op Agribusiness. Liam, within Dairy Gold, you are placing a strong emphasis on soil biological health within your grassroots bonus. Why is this? Again, John, there's, there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, firstly, the soil biology and soil nitrogen mineralization or the release of background soil nitrogen from your soils are interlinked. Um, so within your soils, you have three different nitrogen pools. You have a total nitrogen pool, you've got a potentially available or labile nitrogen pool, and you've got a plant available or mineralized nitrogen pool. And the plant available or mineralized nitrogen pool only accounts for about 2% of the total nitrogen pool contained within soils. And it's the microbes. Um, the fungi, the bacteria within the soil through a process of mineralization that convert the potentially available nitrogen into the mineralized or plant available nitrogen. So by improving soil biological health or increasing soil microbial activity, you can increase the, the amount of nitrogen your soils mineralize on an annual basis. And we can grow the same amount of grass with less chemical fertilizers purchased. And I suppose in secondly and very importantly is that Dairy Gold Analytical Services Laboratory in Lumberstown has developed a soil bio-scan test which can actually measure the microbial activity within your soil and the potentially available nitrogen within your soil. And by combining these two within Dairy World Agribusiness's Green Growth Soil Health Program, we combine the bioscan results with a bespoke lime and fertilizer plan to put a plan in place to allow your farm to improve overall biological activities and nitrogen mineralization on your farm. Now, you refer there in passing to green grow. How much does it cost a farmer? You know, cost, very important. How much does it cost a farmer to participate in the green grow soil health program? Well, in, improving soil health is, is hugely important. And um, research or an independent research has shown that every euro invested in soil health will, will generate about a four euro return. So within the soil green or the green growth soil health program, we recommend taking one biological sample of every two chemical samples and sampling every three years. So the annualized cost of the program is about one euro ten per acre per year. Um, however, if you're if you're a farmer and you have an area of your farm that you think just isn't performing well and you're not quite sure why it is and you can't put your finger on the reasons why it's underperforming, it might be because the biology in that part of your, your farm isn't correct or the physical structure within the size of that part of your farm isn't correct. And of course, we can do one-off tests, you know, to, to look at individual spots or places within your farm that you may have questions over the biological activity within that area. And staying with that very important Green Grow Soil Health Program, what results have you actually found in the Green Grow Soil Health Program so far, Liam? Well, Irish soils are very healthy, um, and they're very healthy when you compare them to our European and American neighbours. Like there's areas of, uh, within the states that are around the Dust Bowl in Arizona and places that would have an organic matter level as low as a half a percent. And organic matter um, in soils drives nitrogen content and microbial activity. So Irish soils are healthy. We have an organic matter of, in grassland soils of 
somewhere around 12% plus, and our tillage soils will have a, an organic matter of 5 to 7%. So when we compare us to our European neighbours and American neighbours, we've got quite healthy soils. But we have challenges, um, and some of our soils are, are struggling from a chemical, biological, and physical health standpoint. Like nationally, there's only about 20% of our soils that are optimum from, from a soil health standpoint, soil chemical health standpoint. Um, through the Green Growth Soil Health Programme, um, we found in 2022 that the best soils had seven times the microbial activity of the poorest soils, and that the physical health of our soils was only um, only 17% of the soils were on target from a soil structure, and only 30% were on target from a root mass um, score standpoint. So even though we have healthy soils versus our neighbours, um, we still have plenty of work to do with our soils to make them healthier and to allow our soils to release more of the nutrients that's contained within our soils. Very important into the future. Now, back to the actual here and now. We know fertiliser has become so expensive, people have gone back to the resources of uh, slurry, etc. So, back to the here and now, Liam. What fertiliser should farmers be actually spreading in the next few weeks? Well, in the spring, our goal is to apply between 55 and 60 units of nitrogen and a maintenance um, P and K requirement, so 16 units of P and 28 units of K um, by the 1st of April, and that's including the story that, that you put out. Um, so what we have to apply from here to the end of March will be dependent on how much we've applied to date. If you have no fertiliser applied on a field, you should discount about 20 units and adjust back your nitrogen requirements by to about 40 units um, per acre. And, and always keep in mind upcoming forecasts, um, soil temperatures, um, in your areas before you go and spread fertilizer. But in general, assuming you have a pea allowance, um, if you applied slurry in January and February, you'll be going with a bag of protected urea. If you apply protected urea in January and February, you'll need about two bags of 318s. Or if you if it's your first fertilizer application on an area of ground, you need to go with about two and a half bags of 318s to meet your um, your soils and your crop nutrient requirement from here to the, to the end of April. Liam, before we go, with people who've been listening and they would like advice or some guidance on their own particular enterprise. Are there any phone numbers or contacts? Or how should people liaise with Dairy Gold and try and find out answers to any specific problems which they feel relates to their own enterprise? If anybody has any questions about the, the health status of their soils um, or if they want to investigate what's happening under their feet um, within their farm, they should contact their local area sales manager, any one of our branch agri leads, or our inside sales team on 022-31644. We can take your details and we can sign you up to the Green Growth Soil Health Programme where we can start the investigation and look into what's happening inside your farm gate. Thank you very much indeed for that uh, soil health and current fertilizer advice. Speaking to Mr. Liam Stack, Dairy Gold Co-op, Agribusiness, Ruminant Technical Manager. Liam, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, John. Thanks for having me on the show. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr. Lane Giles, Sustainability and Support Advisor with Chagaskin West Cork. So, first of all, Lane, welcome to the programme. Now, before we begin talking about our general points, could you please remind our listeners about any upcoming events which you feel would be of interest to our listeners in any part of the county? So, first of all, before we start, any upcoming announcements you want to make? Yeah, two events to mention, John. Uh, the first one is um, the lamb, Chagask Lamb Mortality Workshop, and it's being held on the farm of Thomas O'Keefe, Knocknagopal, Castletown Roach, on the 28th of February at 2pm. And the speakers include Michael Godstein, David Purcell, and John Humphreys. And we also have another uh, Lamb Mortality Workshop for West Cork on the farm of Martin Crowley, Banu Upper Bantry, uh, P75KX75, um, on Wednesday, the 1st of March at 4 p.m. And this event will be signposted from Bantrytown. 
That sounds excellent. Now, Lane, our main topic to look at, the first topic we look at is ASSAP, the ASAP program. Would you please remind our listeners what those letters ASSAP stand for and indeed how is the ASAP program going in West Cork? Uh, the ASAP program uh, stands for the Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Program, and uh, it's, um, it's a program that's been established now a few years, and it's, it's, it's up and running well. Uh, we have, I suppose, roughly around 20 advisors uh, nationwide working on this with Chagask and another 20 to 30 in the, within the co-ops uh, dealing with the, the dairy farmers, and um, so... The, the, it's, it's going well. Uh, you know, we were, we're making progress in, the, in this area, as I'll be going through there in, re, in relation to the, the most recent uh, EPA report. Um, so, broadly speaking, it involves calling to farmers, uh, you know, to do with water quality, looking at streams, and uh, uh, identifying what can be done to improve water quality, to what can be done to reduce the losses of nutrients that escape to the waters from farms. And uh, we look at three areas there in relation to that. We look at um, Farmyard management, land management, and nutrient management. And uh, nutrient management being, I suppose, the biggest concern we have in relation to water quality uh, these days. Now, the Nitrates Action Programme, the means by which the Nitrates Directive is delivered in Ireland, that's undergone a number of changes with uh, stronger measures brought in for the protection of water quality. What are the key changes in this uh, Nitrates Action Programme uh, well, the, the, the three, the, the, the key changes amount to six at the moment. Um, so there's six changes. Uh, the slurry and, and chemical fertilizer close periods have changed slightly. So the close period this, this, this autumn now was start on the 1st of October, brought back two weeks from last year, which was the 15th of October. Uh, so it's back to the 1st of October. Um, uh, slurry spreading methods, I suppose, have, have been um, brought in to that low emission slurry spreading would be compulsory for people with a stocking rate of 150 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare or above. Um, so that's, that's uh, soil water management um, has changed insofar as that uh, dairy farms will need three weeks for, for soil water um, storage in 2023. And uh, the close period for this uh, would be the 10th of December to the 31st of December. So, and then of course nitrogen banding of dairy cows. This this is this is uh, something a lot of dairy farmers are, are thinking about at the moment. It's um, it's increasing. I suppose the for high yielding cows, the the amount of nitrogen produced is increasing their stocking rate effectively. So somehow, it, it, dairy cows, broadly speaking, nowadays fall into three bands and. Um, uh, this is another thing to be considered uh, under this category. Uh, number five, soil sampling. It's mandatory for farmers now to uh, soil sample if they use more than 130 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare, if their stocking rate is, ab- is above 130 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare, or indeed if they're um, tillage farmers. And uh, if any farmer is taking in so- uh, slurry or a farmer or manure from another farmer, it's important that these soil samples are done ahead of time. And finally, uh, buffer strips. These are the areas of um, untilled land, I suppose, between the the, 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 the ploughed area and, and the river. This is, has been increased uh, from two, two to three uh, metres uh, this year, uh, over and above other years. And in the case of late harvested crops like potatoes or sugar beet or maize, that's to be increased, increased to six metres uh, to protect water quality from, from uh, nutrients or sediments uh, arriving in from the, the cropped area. 
Lane, farmers certainly are concerned about the potential loss of derogation next year, the threat of derogation being lost next year. What's the current state of play as regards the status of derogation next year? Uh, well, John, uh, up until this, we had a, a countrywide based derogation and uh, it allowed farmers to um, stock intensively up to, uh, up to 250 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare with the, on the basis of having a derogation. But uh, going forward, there's a strong possibility that this will be, uh, instead of being nationally based, it could be water body based and uh, where nitrogen is, is not reducing or where the waters are eutrophic, in eutrophic condition. Um, Farmers could be expected to reduce their stocking weight from 250 to, to 220 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. Uh, so th- this this is um, this is uh, I suppose part of the, um, the policy in Ireland. Uh, it's it's, it's um, we're aiming to protect water from uh, protect water from agricultural pressures, and uh, we have this derogation which is applies to Ireland every four years. The current one lasts until 2025. It's reviewed after two years. Uh, we're at the two-year point now, and it's being reviewed this year. And uh, uh, I suppose following the, the most recent report there, which I speak to you about, um, the uh, uh, steps may need to be taken, I suppose, to to uh, to bring water quality in the right direction as such. And uh, uh, so that, that's that's what's that's what's likely to happen this year. Uh, the review will be concluded by the 30th of September, and farmers will know going forward, I suppose, if they are in such an area. And uh, in that case, you know, the likely reduction would be from 250 to 220 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. So we'll have to see what happens there with derogation, but just watch the situation very closely. Now, a new TAMS-3 scheme has been announced recently. What changes, Lane, have been made to the TAMS-3 scheme, the new TAMS-3 scheme variation this time round? What are the changes we should be aware of? Well, broadly speaking, they, they, they've increased the grant rates uh, under some categories. They've increased the vest- investment ceilings. Uh, the new investments are covered and uh, uh, new support categories. You know, so for example, we have 60% now as a, compared to 40% in times two for uh, low emission slurry spreading and organic capital investments and farm safety investments. Uh, uh, solar investments are also included um, at a rate of 60%. Um, Farmers who, farmers who um, previously applied under TAMS 2 can apply again. Um, so there's, there's an addition, I suppose, to that. We have uh, equine breeders can also um, access um, grant aid. Uh, so TAMS 3 will run for five years. It'll include 10 schemes. And uh, over, the, over the five years, under 10, under 10 different headings. And uh, so there's uh, lots of uh, different changes, lots of different things brought in. It's, it's worth a have a, to look at if, uh, if any farmer is considering making improvements. Uh, the ceiling, broadly speaking, last time was 80,000. It seems to have risen to 90,000 this time. Uh, and just more things covered in general. Now, our very final point, Elaine, for farmers, farmers wanting to improve the quality of water actually leaving their farms, is there any funding for farmers to carry out measures over and above their bare, strict legal requirements? You know, we, we do want to have nice quality water where at all possible. Yeah, we do indeed. And uh, the, the, the thing about that is that... Um, uh, there is a fund uh, in the pipeline, if you like. It's a European Innovation Fund, and uh, the local authorities' water program, in conjunction with Chagisk and the, and the Dairy Sustainability Ireland, have uh, have applied to to um, 
to roll out this fund, and we hopefully we'll know in the next few weeks if this this will come about. Um, and uh, all going well, uh, whoever gets the the tender to run this uh, this fund will be in a position to spend 50 million on water, water quality improvements, uh, and separately uh, support us to to the tune of 10 million to, to actually run the scheme. Uh, so that's that's the broad outline of it. As as you said, measures above and uh, over and above the legal requirement. You know, farmers or derogation farmers now, for example, are legally required to to fence rivers one and a half meters um, out. And for example, in some cases, it might make make more sense to fence them further out. And in the, that case, the fund will be there to cover the cost of the fencing and to um, to to cover you know the cost of incurred with the reduced production of the area behind the fence, if you like, you know. So there's different things involved uh, in that. Um, you know, nitrogen, of course, is, is, is a big thing, and we're, we're trying to reduce the amount being lost to waters. Um, so it's targeted to reduce, the, you know, nitrogen losses in risky areas. Um, broadly speaking, I suppose nature-based solutions might be um, a big factor in this. These are spatially targeted buffers uh, using maps to show that. Um, you know the areas that are that's we've we've access to a lot of maps nowadays that we can see where where the risks are. You know, uh, critical critical source areas for nutrient losses. Um, they can be identified and uh, you know measures put in for the, for these. You know, so there's there's different things that can be done, and um, we're looking at it going forward now. We'll, we'll have this we'll have this this um, this uh, fund to do this all going well. Uh, 50 million has been put aside for it, and. Um, uh, it'll be rolled out maybe in hopefully everything going according to plan in the second half of the coming year of this year now that's fine thank you very much indeed Lane Giles sustainability and support advisor with Chagask in West Cork thank you Lane very much indeed thanks a million thank you John Mr Bert Sheehy of EnergyWise Ireland looks at some of the first steps which farmers should take if they want to apply for solar PV under the TAMS 3 grant yes uh, John um, just Energy West Ireland are based in uh, Cork City. We've offices in Kerry also. Uh, Hollymount Industrial Estate is our, our address in uh, Cork City. Um, the, the first step in uh, TAM's application is they need a farm survey done. Okay, so the, the usage of the farm and the electricity usage needs to be determined. So we need to look at uh, a year's bills, a year's usage. Uh, the main idea of TAMS is to provide electricity for the farm and uh, I suppose design it around the size of that. I know there is uh, there is there is um, size limitations on the systems you can put in, but most farmers will be okay within the limits that are given up to 62 kilowatts. I can imagine the, the average size system being installed will be 20 to 30 kilowatts because what a farmer needs to do, look at their electricity bill, the incoming KVA coming into their property is a very important piece of information. So this is their MIC, it's called, or it could be KVA on their bills. Generally, this a typical KVA in a lot of farms, you know, it will be 29 KVA. So what that would mean that the, even though that the minister says we has announced grants for up to 62 kilowatt systems, if your incoming electricity is limited to 29 kVA. That's the that's the size system you can put in, regardless. So you can't go over that because it, it effectively means the ESB and the lines and the fusing is all designed around that size of a system. So we're limited in what we can do in that sense. But to be fair, 
that's not that shouldn't be too much of a limitation, you know, hopefully. Um, the other thing to look at is obviously the, the buildings, um, where they're going to go, the orientation of the building, the roof type. You know, obviously we can't go on to an asbestos roof, you know. Um, the next thing to look at is the roof structure solid. These panels are going to be up on the roof for 20, 20 25 years. They're typically a 25-year warranty, some of the 30-year warranty. And you don't want them going up in a sheeting that needs to be replaced in five or ten years' time. And, you know, so ideally, the newer sheds or buildings. A very important thing to know is the, t- the type of farmer. If it's a dairy farmer, their peak usage, you know, it's morning, it's evening for milking times. So sometimes, like traditionally, the way with solar, the sun comes up in the east and goes down in the west. So your south is your, is your highest gain for solar energy, Okay. But because of, so most systems we put in are actually south-facing, so we pick south-facing uh, buildings. But in, in farms, in dairy farmers, we often put them in an east-west because the sun rises on the east, so basically the radiance hitting the east roof um, is higher early in the morning, and it ties in with the early milkings. And the same in the evening, when the sun has gone to the west, the farmer is typically milking at 5 o'clock, 6 to 7 o'clock, the sun is at the east, so the radiance levels on the west are much higher. So you're getting kind of two peaks in the day, in the morning and the evening, to tie in with the, the, the milking times. Whereas in a domestic house, for instance, we'd probably orientate it on the south roof. You know, so there's a lot to be considered and you know, orientations, positioning, angles and all that as well. Could you please remind our listeners of the best phone number to contact your company, Energy Wise Ireland, a phone number and an email or uh, internet contact, internet uh, web page. Yes. So our web page is www.energywiseireland.ie and our phone number is 021-430-8185. Sir Bert Sheehy from Energywise Ireland. So thank you, Bert, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks very much. Joining us on the Farm Programme, we have Mr. Darren Carty, Sheep and Schemes Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Darren, welcome to the programme. Now, in the journal this week, you deal quite extensively with the TAMS-3 cash injection for farmers. Could you briefly outline the main sectors affected? And, of course, we have had a situation where some of the contractors are saying, look, uh, some of these uh, things good for the farmer, but they'll put the contractors out of business. So some of the main headlines, the main sectors, uh, summing up, as it were. Yeah, so I think it's it's been broadly welcomed uh, because there is something for most sectors in it. There is higher investment ceilings. So the last time around, it was 80,000 of a maximum, say, investment ceiling. Now it's 90,000. There is a good few of the entry routes that there has been an increase in grant aid from 40% to 60%. Uh, there is, say, the big ticket items uh, is there's a new scheme for solar panels. Uh, there's a, a range of new equipment, say, for livestock farmers. Uh, some of that comes under the farm safety heading, which is 60% grant aid. But, the, say, the big ones is cattle fencing. Uh, farm roadways, cattle underpasses. Uh, if you're then to move, I suppose, to other sectors, there's a lot of equipment for tillage farmers, particularly along the lines of uh, potato sowing equipment, there's beet washers, there's grain stores. As we've seen or heard before, organics gets a big bump up. There's a 60% grant aid for organics. Uh, you mentioned the less equipment. That's something that there still is a bit of 
I won't say uh, probably controversy is probably the, the the best way is that the, the the controversial exclusion of the dribble bear is confirmed in it. But the Department of Agriculture has said since last week uh, that they are that they haven't closed the door for the inclusion of the dribble bear and that they are reviewing current research or ongoing research in Ireland and that uh, if the research say proves that there is as much merit as including the dribble bear as the trailing shoe, well then they haven't closed the door to including dribble bears. So a bit of potential hope there. No dribble bars at the moment, no grant available, but it is under consideration and the door hasn't closed completely on it. Now the total 50 new items, I understand, 50 new items coming under the TAMS 3 cash injection for farmers. Yeah, uh, so like there would be a range of, uh, and I suppose a broad range, that even if we look at, say, something uh, that was never really in the, in the say, the, the, the TAMS-like schemes before, is that horses are very much included this time. So stables, uh, in particular, safety equipment around working with horses, uh, some uh, arena-type equipment, they're one of the big winners in this. Uh, solar panels, 60% grant aid on solar panels, another big uh, push on that. There is a lot of, I suppose, maybe influence on energy saving going forward uh, and aspects like heat recovery pumps or equipment on that side. A small bit of, I suppose, maybe disappointment so far on the on the dairy side of things in that there is talk, and we haven't seen the final terms and conditions, but there is talk that, say, the... In, in the past, you could get paid for putting up a dairy. Now it's only the equipment inside the dairy that's going to be grant-aided. And it seems likely that uh, farmers with more than 120 cows would be excluded from uh, certain dairy equipment or 160 cows if you're a young trained farmer or in a registered farm partnership. And the other one on that is that uh, there is grant-aid for robots this time. But there is a question mark that if you got grant aid under the previous terms, whether you'd be eligible to get grant aid on another robot under this terms. And in this week's Irish Farmers Journal, you can see there the extensive coverage by yourself and uh, your colleagues, various articles in the Irish Farmers Journal. And of course, we have to recognise the appointment of Dr. Jack Kennedy as editor of the Irish Farmers Journal. And I'm sure most people in the farming community will be delighted to hear that Dr. Jack Kennedy is the new editor of the Irish Farmers Journal. I understand the appointment starts uh, almost immediately. Yeah, almost immediately, John. He has been he's been doing the job for the last while. Look, I've known Jack for a long time in the journal. He's he's one of the longest serving members now. He's there almost twenty years. Uh, keeps a bit of stability in the business. He's a good, safe pair of hands and. Uh, Look, I think uh, all we can do is wish him the best of luck in the role. And just a reminder for people who still require detailed information on the CAP situation, last week the journal published a very special supplementary uh, publication and uh, I'd say nearly all of the areas were covered by a good self written by you. But I understand if people want to find out or get a copy of that uh, CAP information uh, book, magazine. It's uh, still available, I would imagine, from the Irish Farmers Journal. Yep, uh, still available, or probably the handiest way of doing it is just going online, and it's available there online as well, uh, in PDF form, so uh, if anybody can get it last week, they can go on and look at it that way, John, or if they're having any trouble, 
things uh, getting it if they got me an email or that we'll, we'll definitely be keen to help them out and, and make sure they have access to it That's wonderful thank you very much indeed Mr Darren Carty Sheep and Schemes Editor Irish Farmers Journal thank you very much indeed Darren thanks a million Thank you John Kildalton Agricultural College will be holding a Spring Careers Open Day for people with an interest in making agriculture their career It takes place on Friday 3rd of March, starting 10 a.m. With a general comment on the courses, Mr. Joe Day, a lecturer at Kildalton Agricultural College. Um, ideally, if, 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 um, if there's a teacher looking to um, bring a group of maybe 12 or 15 ex science students that are in fifth year or, or leaving cert and are, are looking to see uh, their options during the this spring, um, absolutely for those, they're better off um, booking in and be able to guide them towards maybe what, what time in the morning does the best opening for them. So they wouldn't be waiting around. Certainly for um, parents and students or potential students um, in groups, you know, families or ones or twos, but friends of that, they're welcome along at any stage and we'll put them into groups. And we try and keep the groups small going around so that they're maybe not intimidated so much that they wouldn't ask a question and that they get to interact with the staff and the students that they meet on site. So the, 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 the tour is, is while it's a, it's a tour of the facilities, it's really important that they would get uh, to be comfortable to listening to engaging with and asking questions of the, the students that will be guiding them and speaking to them and maybe demonstrating some skills to them as well. Some general directions for Pilltown County Kilkenny from Cork, for example, for the Kildalton Agricultural College. Yeah, so like for those coming from um, they coming from the, the city and uh, the south of East Cork, um, you're probably an hour from the bypass Newall to the gates of Kildalton. And certainly those coming from North Cork will find it easier to um, go up to Care, come along by Clan Mill, into Kilfeelan and uh, into to Kildalton uh, that way. So um, there's a couple of different routes and certainly a lot of the, the North Cork students there would tell me that an hour and ten minutes bring them um, to the gates from a lot of their homes there around with the Mitchestown area over towards Mallow um, because of the road network. So our, our catchment as such would, would run from uh, North Dublin over to Offaly and, and down to East Cork and uh, it's quite varied in terms of the we, we offer um, a tillage module at level 5 which maybe some of the other centres aren't in this to offer because there isn't a demand for them, but certainly in the southeast is the plenty tillage. And uh, of the ten groups that we have um, during first year, um, in this current first year, uh, there is one sheep group, there is um, uh, two uh, tillage groups, and the rest is dairying. So um, everyone will do the likes of beef and grass and farm safety, but you get to choose in terms of the elected that you actually get to study in first year uh, from those. So apprenticeships into the future through the auspices of studying at Kildalton Agricultural College. Yeah, so this is, I suppose, a, a new departure, as such, John, in, in, in some ways, and yet in other ways, it's nearly a throwback to the days of the, the Farm Apprenticeship Board in terms of maybe um, on-the-job learning. So the, you, uh, my colleague, Marcella Phelan, um, is going to be available on the day to, I suppose, give more information on the, the initial apprenticeships that are being launched. So there's a, a sports tough technician, a horticulturalist technician, a farm technician, a farm manager technician, uh, sorry, an um, apprenticeship, sorry, and uh, an assistant stud manager um, apprenticeship. So the, I suppose with these apprenticeships, they as opposed to studying general horticulture, general agriculture, they're quite focused on the, the skills needed for farm management or farm technician or sports turf, etc. And there is, um, I suppose, as you can see from that list, there is some focus on horticulture, some on equine and some on agriculture. And uh, these were being put together last few years and would have received approval and based on stakeholder groups that would have fed into the structure of it, the content of it, and uh, uh, from um, how they're examined, how often they're on placement bar, and the 
blocks that they actually come into the college to learn by. So in general, you will be um, on the job learning a bit as if you were doing an electrical trade of that, and you get these blocks where you're released from work and to come in and study. We just say in the agriculture side there, it could be breeding or grass management or finance or environment, whatever it might be, in seasonality. And for obvious reasons, they're not taken from the pavement during the really busy times. So that would be predominantly, let's say, the spring during lambing or calving or sowing of corn. Um, but if the windows in between the busy spells that they'll be coming in then to the likes of Kildalton and other centres and um, to complete the theory part of the course. So look, it's very focused on the applied skills, but you, you will be you will be deemed to be trained from the Department of Agriculture's point of view if you take that route. Um, and as with most routes now, uh, what they're looking to do is link up where you come from and where you go. So they're looking to link them up then to be possibly further progression afterwards. So it's exciting times for those that um, are looking to focus mainly on maybe those that are in employment and don't want to leave it and uh, want to stay with uh, their employer but upskill while doing so, uh, which wouldn't have been possible before. They would have to come into the college for a minimum of two years. So the main reception number for those being uh, maybe medium to large size groups that need to book in so we can best point them towards a, a, a window that they wouldn't be waiting around that much at would be an um, 51 that's 051-644-400. Well, thank you very much indeed, Mr. Joe Day, lecturer, Kildalton Agricultural College, Kildalton, Cardinal Kelly. Thank you, Joe, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. And that's Farm Talk for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony, 96.3 FM News Editor, Murray Tug, 96.3 FM News Reporter, and also creator of the regular Farm Talk podcasts. Caroline Jennings, a Cork West ploughing correspondent. Thank you too for tuning in. Farm Talk, 7am to 8am Saturdays, 10pm to 11pm Wednesdays. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.